down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. I want to talk about a couple things in this hour, but we're always taking your calls and whatever you want to talk about at 508-996-0500. We're also taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. Anthony Puente um, of the New Bedford Fire Department, you'll remember he came in uh, a couple weeks ago well, the on Thanksgiving Eve to talk about fire safety. A lot of great fire safety tips. You can check it out on the podcast on WBSM.com, on the WBSM app, and anywhere a podcast are offered. That was on Thanksgiving Eve. A lot of great tips. And he talked about the 12 days of fire safety that the New Bedford Fire Department has going on, and he wanted to let us know. He said, hi, the 12, uh, high tower, that was a nickname, uh, tower. That was a nickname he gave me uh, when I played football at, uh, at Stang, and I liked it. Uh, and he still calls me tower. 12 days of fire safety has started today. Go to New Bedford Fire Department Facebook page to see a special fire safety tip every day till Christmas. So you can go to New Bedford Fire Department uh, Facebook page and you can see a fire safety tip every day until Christmas. Now, Christmas, obviously, there's a lot of cooking. There's a lot of lighting. There's a lot of candle lights. Um, and thus, uh, unfortunately, a lot of fire hazards um, that you should be uh, aware of. And uh, the uh, uh, Anthony Puente at the New Bedford Fire Department, has worked tirelessly to make uh, fire safety, and the New Bedford Fire Department in general, uh, to make fire safety as publicly available as possible. So you can go to the Facebook page and you can check it out. Um, the 12 uh, Days of Fire Safety, go to their page. Every day there's a new tip. So uh, thank you to Anthony for reminding us of that. And um, we'll definitely have him on again to talk about fire safety. I like that segment. I know the audience likes that segment as well. So, um, also a reminder, tomorrow we have Ted Nisi in studio from Channel 12. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ted's a lot of fun to have on. He was a guest we had during the, the election uh, during the election season, and uh, he wanted to come in studio after the election. We were, Chris and I were like, of course, absolutely. This is going to be fun. So Chris, Ted, and I will be in studio tomorrow uh, at 7 o'clock, and we'll take your calls and app chat messages at 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on the program. That's how you can get on the program now. And then Friday, we're going to have... Santa, Santa Claus himself is going to be in studio. So if you have kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, cousins, or if you just want to call Santa yourself and um, tell them, uh, you know, tell Santa what you want for Christmas or they don't have your kids or grandkids, nieces, nephews, cousins, etc. Tell Santa what you want for Christmas. Um, they can talk to Santa. And so it's the real Santa. And I want to thank local 841, the New Bedford Firefighters Union, for getting in touch with Santa 
and having him make this trip, especially during a, such a busy time this year. So I'm really looking forward to that on Friday. Tune in at 7. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about that. So, and uh, I know um, I know Casey uh, from Promotions, our Promotions Department, is going to be here to take pictures because uh, it really is Santa who's going to be here. And you'll get to see Chris, Santa, and me in studio. All right. So, 508-996-0500. So, Biden, uh, I just wanted to sort of wrap up the conversation from from uh, earlier uh, when we talked about the uh, neo-Nazis protesting the um, drag uh, drag queen story hour at uh, the Fall of Republic Library. Um, Biden did sign the Respect for Marriage Act into law. Uh, it was a response to the Supreme uh, to growing worries that the Supreme Court would overturn Obergefell v. Hodges, which is the 2015 case that uh, that basically made gay marriage the law of the land. Followed the 2013 cases uh, that over that struck a division of the defense of mar- uh, provision on the Defense of Marriage Act that was enacted in the mid-90s by the New King Rich Congress that was signed by Bill Clinton that uh, in those in that provision defined marriage as a union between a man and a woman. That overturned Baker v. Nelson in 1971, which was a Minnesota... It based, Baker v. Nelson upheld the Minnesota, I think it was constitutional provision that had... Um, that had said, or uh, a law that had said that marriage uh, marriage licenses would only be given to um, uh, ma- uh, married couples of the opposite sex to overturn that law. But uh, in the Dobbs case that overturned Roe v. Wade, um, Clarence Thomas invited a couple of cases found on substantive due process, which is basically um, a uh, a legal doctrine that um, allows the courts to protect rights that aren't specifically enumerated uh, in law or in the Constitution, like gay marriage. Um, And uh, they basically overturned substantive due. They gutted substantive due process with the Roe v. Wade uh, repeal. So they wanted to enact that in the law. What's important to know is that this is important, but it is not a blanket-like um, fortification against a Supreme Court ruling. States that have outlawed gay marriage, like let's say Texas, um, that have to give out marriage licenses now. If they, if the Supreme Court overturned Obergefell v. Hodges, Texas, even under this new law that was passed, would still be free to award uh, to deny marriage licenses to same-sex couples or any other states. You know, you think mostly in the Bible Belt that would want to do that. They are still allowed to do that. If Obergefell uh, v. Hodges is overturned by the Supreme Court, um, but the states that do um, recognize same-sex marriage, like Massachusetts, like any of the New England states, Northeastern states, California, etc., uh, they can even if Obergefell v. Hodges is overturned, these states will still have federal recognition, uh, recognition, federal protection um, uh, for those um, uh, for recognizing those gay marriage unions. So not out of the woods yet, um, but it is an important step and it did get some bipartisan support, which is encouraging. Um, I think the Republicans are moving in that direction where they're, they're saying when our word gay marriage, I think now uh, is like 70% uh, approval rating. I think back in when Goodrich, uh, 2003 Supreme judicial court decision in Massachusetts that made Massachusetts the first state to recognize gay marriage when they had done so, I believe their support was like 30-something percent. So definitely come a long way, but not out of the woods yet, and I think that's why they passed that law. 
So 508-996-0500 so I can get in the program. You know what I wanted to talk about a little bit, because I didn't get to talk about it yesterday, uh, Tim Weisberg, and this is more up his alley. Tim's very much an expert in this stuff. Um, he's a lot more sophisticated in it than I am. Uh, I have, you know, I'm not an expert in this. I'm a jack of all trades, master of none type of uh, type of commentator on on on, on things. Um, but uh, the display of Baphomet, which is a, you know, I know it's not the devil and all that. We won't get into that. It's a devil-like figure. People will look at that and say, "Well, that's that's Satan, isn't it?" Right? Even though it's not, they'll just look at it like someone like. Anybody, like any person that's not maybe as sophisticated uh, on the on the uh, symbols of the occult, like Tim is, or like people who might, uh, you know, um, you know, participate in the Church of Satan, might look at that and say, "Well, that's Satan, right?" And so that display was put into a Christmas display in Common Park, according to the mayor's office, Mayor Mitchell's office. Uh, the, whoever put it there had breached a um, a fence or a barrier. Um, between the public walkways and the displays and put it there um, without any authorization from the city. So they removed it. Now, there's questions about the First Amendment, and here's the thing. So the First Amendment generally has two clauses. There is the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause. The Establishment Clause is government will not recognize an establishment of religion. So government can't have a state religion in, in the United States. Christianity is not the recognized religion. Some countries do have recognized religions, right? The United States is not one of those countries. In fact, you know, people who came to America were fleeing religious prosecution. So they specifically didn't want to do that. And plus a lot of, um, a lot of the founding fathers had a bit more, I would say, uh, forward thinking and not conventional for their time perspectives on religion. And so they wouldn't want that. And uh, it created, I believe it was Thomas Jefferson who said that that he wrote in a letter or some sort of, you know, some sort of dicta that it was, this would create a wall of separation between church and state. So that's where separation of church and state, the term comes from. It's not specifically said in the constitution, but when people say the separation of church and state, they're talking about Thomas Jefferson's interpretation of the first amendment, right? And more broadly, the founding father's interpretation of the first amendment, so the establishment causes the government cannot recognize an establishment of religion and the um, the free exercise clauses or inhibit the free exercise thereof. So they can't recognize a state religion. They can't say Christianity or Islam or Judaism or anything is the official religion of, of government. Any state state governments can't do it. Federal government can't do it in, in the United States. And the free exercise clause is... You know, you can't inhibit people from freely practicing their religion. Now, there's for both of those, there's obviously a lot more interpretation that's out there. This Supreme Court has overturned a lot of, you know, commonly held, commonly and long time held um, precedents on the Establishment Clause and all of that. But typically those two clauses, the Free Exercise Clause and the Establishment Clause, are always in conflict. We learned that in 
I remember in constitutional law when we took it when I took it in law school that when we talked about the First Amendment, it was like one of the first things that was said. Those two clauses, the free exercise clause and the establishment clause, are constantly in, in conflict. It doesn't apply here. In this um, story about Baphomet, the I'm going to say the devil-like figure because it it just looks like Satan. It's you know again I I know what Tim said I agree with it, but people are going to look at that and say well that's Satan and yeah there could be an education campaign on it and all of that and I'm I'm sure that would be valuable but here's why it doesn't apply here because it's not a religious display. They did not put a religious display out there, the Christmas display. It was a religiously neutral Christmas display. And I'll let some people say, well, there is no religiously neutral Christmas because Christmas is, you know, Christ. It's in the word. But people have gone on to celebrate Christmas however they choose. And there are religiously neutral um, symbols of Christmas like snowmen, you know, like Frosty the Snowman, I would say is a religiously neutral uh, uh, symbol of Christmas. Santa Claus, even though he came from St. Nick, has become a religiously neutral symbol of Christmas. I mean, even, uh, you know, it's a commercialized, actually, product. Uh, Santa is is in a lot of ways commercialized. Um, Santa got his red clothing from Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is the one that uh, put Santa in red clothing. Uh, before that, Santa was not in red clothing. That that be, that was a product of a Coca-Cola commercial. So they gave Santa Santa's red clothing, and Santa will be wearing his red clothing here in studio Friday. So you can come, uh, you can you can uh, call in, um, have your kids call in, and tell Santa what he wants for Christmas. He'll be wearing his red clo- clothing that was given to him by Coca-Cola. But if the city of New Bedford put out had a designated space for religious displays, right? If they had a, a nativity scene, let's say, with, you know, the birth of Christ and Mary and Joseph and the, the wise men and all of that and the shepherds and, you know, the angels playing the, the, the instruments, then I have one of those, uh, actually. Um, we got it from uh, my grandmother and uh, it's very cool. Um, but uh, if they had one of those, then that... That work, that Baphomet figure, right, from the Church of Satan, would legally, they would legally have to put it there, basically. They could not put just the nativity scene there. So if there was a nativity scene and let's say someone wanted to put a menorah there, then they'd have to put the menorah there, right? If there was, I remember in Florida a few years back, there was uh they put a, there was a nativity scene. I think it was in Florida. There was a nativity scene outside of a city hall or a town hall somewhere. And they put a Festivus pole, right? And so you remember Festivus? It's the, uh, it was the holiday that was basically the Christmas holiday that was basically made up um, in an episode of Seinfeld. And, you know, where uh, I remember uh, George's dad says, a Festivus for the rest of us. And they had all their, they have like holiday traditions that go along with it, like the airing of grievances where you can tell all your family members exactly what you think of them. <laughs> and uh, you have to wrestle in order to uh, end the night. Like the, the, I think like the, was like the head of the household has to wrestle and all that. They have like specific, it's become a thing. People do celebrate it now um, because of the popularity of Seinfeld and all that. And I think people kind of like Mike make a joke of it, you know, make a joke of the observation of Christmas or whatever. Um, and so they, so I remember they put the Festivus pole there and people tried to take it down and said, this isn't, this isn't actually a religious display, blah, blah, blah. But the government can't recognize an establishment of religion. The government can't say whether or not 
you are sincere in your practice of your religion. And it can't say whether or not a religion is worth practicing and worth displaying. They can't do any of that. That might change with the Supreme Court. I, I don't know if it will. It could. Uh I honestly think with the six to three majority and the people who are on the Supreme Court, like Amy Coney Barrett, who like grew up in a religious cult in Louisiana, um, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, uh, I think they could like move towards some sort of de facto like Christianity as a recognized state religion. Um, they haven't yet, though. Right. So if there was a nativity scene there and. There was, then you'd have to put the Baphomet figure there. You'd have to also put anything that people wanted there. So there is like, let's say someone wanted to put a Festivus pole out in that nativity scene. The government can't do, uh, can't stop them from doing it. If someone wanted to put a menorah there, if someone wanted to put uh, Kwanzaa, some sort of Kwanzaa symbol there, um, or any sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, Islamic observation. They'd have to allow it. Um, And this has become a subject of controversy. A lot of people say this is a Christian nation and all of that stuff. Um, But again, the government can't recognize an establishment of religion. But if they don't put any religiously neutral display, uh, any religious displays out there, then that figure wouldn't apply. Putting that figure. Now, do I think it's like, I think it's relative. I think it's probably less offensive than a lot of people think it is to put that Baphomet there. Um, but it didn't apply in this situation. There's no, there's no first amendment violation in this particular scenario, but you know, there's always a broader conversation. Christmas is about this. Christmas is about that. Christmas has become, I think people would, would agree. Um, it's, I mean, I love Christmas. It's, it's the favorite holiday that I have to celebrate, right? You know, like I say, Thanksgiving is my least favorite holiday that I have to like celebrate, but, um, I love Christmas. I love Christmas Eve, right? In some cases, I like Christmas Eve more than Christmas. But I love Christmas. I love Christmas Eve, right? I don't really like New Year's. I don't really care for it. Um, Fourth of July is actually probably my favorite holiday. Uh, But um, a lot of people sell it. It's become largely commercialized, and a lot of people have began to celebrate it in a religiously neutral way. And I know Tim explained um, a pretty, I think, more commonly known uh, history on Christmas where basically the Catholic Church had began to put it on December 25th, even though Jesus wasn't born there. He was likely born sometime in the spring. They put it there uh, in response to um, the pagan uh, holiday of Saturnalia being celebrated around that time, and they thought it was a good way to bring uh, Christmas to a broader population of people and to basically, you know, sort of wash out that pagan uh, celebration of Saturnalia. And that was a largely successful effort. Um, But there is an issue, a similar issue going on, I believe, in the Illinois State House, where there's a nativity scene. Is it Illinois State House? It's a public build. Let's just say a public building in Illinois, right? And there's a nativity scene there. And so the Church of Satan had put a felt uh, snake um, around a bowl of apples, obviously representing, you know, Adam and Eve, right? And the, 
in the apple presented to Adam and Eve, which Adam ate, and then, you know, that created all the sin in the world and all, you know, everybody's familiar with Adam and Eve, right? So they had, they had, they had that, they had a baby, I guess that was known as Baphomet. They had that at that religious display. There was also, there's also menorah there, um, in recognition of Hanukkah, you know, the candles, and there may be other religious displays that I don't know about. Now, there was some protest about the the Satanist symbol being the 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 uh, the Satanist symbols being there. But Illinois said um, they because of the First Amendment, they do not have a right to um, take down. They are they have a constitutional obligation to allow temporary religious displays as long as those displays aren't taxpayer funded. So the city of New Bedford could put a nativity scene up in Common Park, but the city of New Bedford can't pay for that nativity scene, right? Same thing in Illinois. They can't pay for that nativity scene. They can't pay for that Satanist display. They can't pay for that menorah. But in a in a, a culture and under the current interpretation of the First Amendment, you have to allow all religious representations where you don't have to say like they don't they don't have to put up they don't let's say they put up a nativity scene they go okay well we got to include baphomet we got to include a menorah we got to include something for kwanzaa we've got to include this they don't have to do any of that but if they if they do put up a religious display they have to include all of them so again i think that symbols in in this circumstance, it does like. And if they want to, like, if those pe- the people who did that, I know Tim knows the artist, and the artists want to come forward. If they wanted to do more of an education campaign or whatever, and I, I guess it worked because you know you had Tim, I think one of the, the leading experts on this topic or these types of topics on the radio here at WBSM, talking more about it and educating people on it. Um, if they want to do that, that's fine. But there was no ob- there's no obligation for the city or really for any state government to have religious symbols where none other exist. And if they did so, they'd have to allow all religious symbols. That, I believe, is the interpretation of the First Amendment in terms of religious displays uh, during the holidays. And so that's why I think the Baphomet symbol, it is what it is, but the city was under no obligation to keep it there, especially considering there was a barrier there. They did it. They put it there without letting the city know right and all of that there was no authorization for it right the satanic's temple all right so tim's texting me again tim's the expert and i'm not (laughs) so he's he's texting me he says not the church of satan the satanic temple they're not the same those things are are different and maybe tim can and tell you about exactly how they're different I, i don't know that stuff he knows it a lot better but the satanic temple and i'm sorry about that uh to the people who might be listening that are members of either the Church of Satan or the Satanic Temple, um, the city of New Bedford doesn't have to um, put up either of those symbols unless they allow for it. So if they allowed for it, you'd have to just, you'd have to, you'd have to, you know, even if you were upset about it, you'd have to accept it. And I think that would be fine to accept it. Again, I think that symbol is a lot less offensive than people, you know, make it out to be. I think it's definitely a lot less offensive than people make it out to be. I don't think it, me personally, I'm not offended by it at all. A lot of people are offended by it for whatever reason, but thus is the point of the First Amendment. You know, I, I've heard people say, I forget who said this, but the First Amendment 
really is for the speech you don't like. Because it's easy to protect the speech you like, but it's to protect the speech you don't like. Like, unfortunately, those people that were protesting outside of the library, they had a right to be there. They had a right to protest. They had a right to protest. They had a right to protest. They had a right to have their First Amendment. Um, they had a right to, to exercise their First Amendment rights. I'm not comparing those two, but you know what I'm saying. It's for the speech you don't like. It's not for the speech that you like. Same thing with the First Amendment respect for religion. It's for the religions that you don't practice, right? It's not for the religions that you necessarily practice because it's easy to be accepting of the religions that you practice or that you recognize as worthy of practicing. I mean, there are people that practice all kinds of religion. I believe I believe Jedis are recognized. Uh, there's a legitimate Jedi, like a le- Jedi religion. There's a Pastafarianism, which I always thought was amusing. It was, it's a... Uh, it's sort of it's poking fun at religion. It's uh, worshiping a flying spaghetti monster. But if someone wanted to put a flying spaghetti monster Christmas symbol in a public religious display, um, they would be allowed to do that. So that's my take on it. Um, it is what it is. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. So you can get in the program. Uh, I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. This is South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Listen to us live. Any. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-054. We've got a couple calls on the line, so let's get to them. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. How you doing? Hey, Tom. I couldn't watch that video of Christi- Cristiano Ronaldo walking out and crying. Yeah. It was so <laughs> awful. I, cu- I couldn't I couldn't even yeah. stand it. It's a heck of a way for a, a tremendous player to, to go out, but yeah. you have to compliment the guy for his accomplishments in his career. Of course. Yeah. And now we're going to have to compliment Messi after today. Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard. 37 years old, and yeah. he's still getting away from three defenders. Well, that was I mean, the, that's been the whole debate over the last like decade or so is Messi and Ronaldo, right? Yeah, but Messi's the goal. I mean, there's yeah. no question about it. I mean, and today he, he just showed how good he really is at 37 years old. Yeah. It was, it was really fun to watch. Uh, now, the next one uh, tomorrow between France and Morocco. Morocco has brought something to, to the world that, that you haven't seen before. So it's going to be interesting to see the strategy of the French to see if they can break them down. Right. Uh, I think it's going to be dangerous. you got to watch this guy, Griezmann. He's the center half back for France, and he's his responsibility is to carve up that defense to see if they can uh, accomplish uh, what they need to accomplish. But as he moves forward, it leaves the middle open on the counterattacks, and Morocco's very, very good at counterattack. They, right. they protect it like gold, and they're fun to watch on, on the counter. So it should be an interesting game tomorrow, but I'm glad sure. Messi's in the final. Uh, he's got a chance to... To, to win the cup, and uh, regardless of what team that he has to play on, on Sunday, right? But the reason why I called was I'm, I'm going to differ with you on uh, the the conception and birth of the Christ. Okay, there's there's a statue in the Vatican Library, uh, and it's of a guy, and it can't hold me to all the uh, correct pronunciation. Hippotolus, uh, Hippot, Hippot. I think it's. H-I-P-P-O-T-M-U-S. Sure. And uh, uh, he was a person that, that w- was really trying to drill down on dates uh, in Christianity, and he spent most of his life doing it. But on that chair in Greek, on the side of the chair, 
uh, it's either Greek or Latin, it, it says the genesis of the Christ. Yeah. And they, they've been able to break that down to the birth of the Christ. Uh, that's how the translation, for a long time they thought it was uh, the conception of the Christ. But in Christianity, they know uh, that the conception of the Christ happened during Passover. Okay. And then the gest- gestation numbers, uh, this guy was putting together. Now, it may not be precisely December the 25th, uh, but nine months after the particular Passover, uh, 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 nine months after that was somewhere between December 18th and January 18th. Okay. Uh, why they chose the 25th uh, is another story, but it's certainly, this is where it, it gets twisted. You know, even you had stated that it was to uh, influence the, uh, uh, the Roman God uh, and trying to be compatible there. The opposite yeah. was true. The Roman God you were talking about didn't occur and wasn't elevated till about 70 years after the, the, the Christians came up with December 25th. It wasn't the intention to compete with the Roman gods. Okay. Uh, it's the same argument with, with the Synoptic Gospels. The, the, the Synoptic Gospels were written prior to 70 A.D. Everybody okay. says, oh, they were written 300 years after. No, that, that that's... That's where the, uh, uh, the Christian faith pulled all these uh, documents together. But they were actually written prior to 70 AD. And we know that particularly from the Gospel of Luke, who, who was probably the greatest writer of his time. But he was very succinct. It would be like if, if Jesus was born today in there, there would be a document or a, a, a written piece saying that, yeah, this is at the time when when Marcus and Chris were doing WBSM, so you could identify the dates. Right. Uh, and uh, they know this uh, also because the temple went down in the year 70, and that wasn't in there. And this yeah. guy would have put that in there if it was written uh, after 70 AD. Okay. So there is a distortion that's been promoted over the centuries uh, that isn't true. And uh, I'm sticking with December 25th. <laughs> right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I appreciate the. Uh, I appreciate your your insight into that. I mean, you're a lot more well versed than I am on this well, stuff. I get that from Archaeology Magazine, and uh, okay, these are the guys that you know do all the in depth stuff, and right. I enjoy reading that kind of stuff. But cool. my religion would. Uh, oh, I shouldn't say that because I am a Christian. <laughs> But I think I'm going to be missing church on Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. All right, Tom, Amen. thank you. I appreciate the call. Uh, 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening. How are we doing? We're, we're doing great. How are you? Oh, hanging in there. Good. Uh, again, uh, you know, I, and I was born in the 1950s, and things were much simple back then. And, boy, I'm glad I, I was in a sense. <laughs> yeah, because it it wasn't all... Uh, you know, law and stuff, and I got to sing away in a manger in a little town of Bethlehem in public school and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And it, it was an innocent time, and, you know, I'm just very happy that I grew up in that time and not with all... And I understand the intellectual reasons for them and everything, uh, you know, um, yeah. you know, with, with all the controversy about all this stuff and everything. I think I got to see Common Park lit up too when they could ha- when they did have a manger and all that sort of stuff sure. many years ago. And, yeah. uh, so it was nice. Let me ask you this question, though. You're a Stan graduate, right? I am. Okay. Uh, you went to Catholic school all the way through? I went to Catholic school from sixth grade through Stang. I went to, to St. Joe's Fairhaven? Yeah, I went to St. Joe's Fairhaven. Okay. Yeah. Oh, what did you go before uh, sixth grade? Uh, Wood School over oh, here. Oh, you went to Wood School? Yeah, okay. right over uh, here. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. I'm not uh-huh. familiar with it like that, mm-hmm. you know. 
Well, again, the, the old the old wood school, not this monstrosity that was. Oh yeah, built. I remember the old wood <laughs> yeah. school. I know. I, yeah. I'm familiar with that. Okay, but my question to you is: As you went to Catholic school, did you get to sing "Away in a Manger" and "Silent Night" and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I mean, we had. How did they deal with it. Of course, yeah. No, it's it's a Catholic school, so you know your, your parents are paying for that, right? Uh, it was actually because my you know my my dad's side of the family is pretty strongly, pretty pretty. Uh, pretty faithfully practices their faith and well, so Montcalm people I'm a, my family was Montcalm people too, ye- so my great my grandfather might have known your great grandfather when when they all arrived probably yeah probably um you were talking about the south end and places yeah ye- I'm familiar with all those places a while back good yeah so so um yeah we got to do all that um I you know I don't necessarily remember I know we did a Chris we've done like I remember in middle school doing Christmas concerts singing those types of songs mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, like, I don't remember any specific singing, but yeah, of course, there was a lot of conversations and a lot of celebration of mm-hmm. the birth of Christ, and, you know, I'm sure that that, that did come up uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit. We also had, you know, we'd have Mass and all of that. There's mm-hmm. sometimes, there's certain days where we'd have, you know, we'd adjust the class schedule, we'd all go to Mass, and there was definitely around Christmas time. You had religious classes too, right? Yeah, every year there'd be a, there'd be, there'd be a religious class everybody took. Um, what, so, first what, year... What did they do with students who might have attended staying? St. Joe for Haven, and maybe they weren't Catholic, but they wanted a, a private school setting. What did, they, did they allow them not to participate? Well, it's, it's, you no, you gotta, you gotta. No, it's, it's. I think their their whole. We we did have some students that were Jewish actually. Mm-hmm, yeah. And the thing is, with staying, is staying's an excellent school, right? It's a it's a nationally recognized mm-hmm. school of excellence, or that's okay. what they told. That's what they told me. Okay. But um, but uh, so so if you went there, you just you had to take the classes and all that. I think you were allowed to like give your perspective on stuff, but mm-hmm. generally, if you didn't, you know. Do the if like there were four religious classes. The first year was Christology, which was like basically you know like uh, it was like a Bible study yeah. more or less. Yeah. Second one, uh, second year was ecclesiology, which was the history of the church. Mm-hmm. Third year was spiritual theology, um, and then the fourth year was moral theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I objected to that class uh, a great deal because it's basically you know, but it's about the, about the moral teachings of the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but. Um, you know, it was more or less like you know, you're going there. You know what you're signing up for. You know what you're paying for, and you're paying a lot for it. So if if well, you're uh, yeah. going through all that, you're just you know you you okay. just got to deal with it. Again, I would understand. Let's say if I was non-Catholic and there, and I chose to go there, I would understand my exposure to that. But let me ask you this question: Were the non-Catholic kids uh, excused from going to mass? No, I, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, not so not for my. There's there was very few non. I mean, there the 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 most. If you were non-Catholic, like mm-hmm. I remember, there was born again. There were some born yeah, again Christians yeah, and all yeah. of that. Looking for a private school. Yeah, exactly. Right. I remember. There, but if you were no, you had you had to go to mass. You you did all the things. You you don't have to like. You didn't have to accept the Eucharist yeah. and all that. Oh, okay. And, you know, right, like. Yeah. All right. Well, and in fact, if you weren't Catholic, guess, they no. would. You know, if, obviously, if you're not Catholic, <laughs> they'd be offended if you accepted the Eucharist, well, if right? You didn't go to confession too. In, in my day, that that was. You, know, you had to go so, to confession to get the Eucharist. So you had the con- they might have lived, lived we, we, it had, up now, we had confession there. Um, uh, it was designated like the end of the year confession, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, you didn't have to participate in that either. Uh-huh. You didn't necessarily. You didn't even have to pray. Right, but there was group prayer. Like some some teachers did a prayer before every class. Some mm-hmm. teachers didn't. Some teachers did prayer intentions where you'd like, you know, tell them like, "Oh, I want to pray for this. My, yeah. you know, yeah. my dog's sick, or my my yeah. grandfather's sick, or whatever." Um, you could do that. Um, did but you, did you have an auditorium where they? Uh 
uh, sang some of the uh, holy yeah songs. yeah one so, of my teachers beginning to look a lot like Christmas you know that yeah thing. yeah they they there were religious songs like uh, big big house and you know it's my father's house it was basically about you know church okay. and all of that and I'm thinking more of the traditional ones like, like yeah I that, that went on faithful away in a manger I I feel bad because. You don't hear much of that anymore, you know, when, when they do a Christmas show on TV or yeah. anything on radio. It, it, it's, you know, very, I guess... Well, I think it reflects the, 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 the evolving... Mm-hmm the evolving religious perspectives of the of society all that stuff on tv and all of that that's all that's all that's all the free market right they, yeah, they're, they're responding the market those oh. people the, the the people who are running those tv stations those all that branding they know it's their job to know yeah. what the public wants and what their yeah. public responds to yeah. and that's what they that's what they make content for that yeah well again i'm just happy that i grew up in much simple simpler times and i got to get uh a lot of that in Duval School, and then after at catechism, I got it at Mont Carmel too. Okay, yeah. uh, going to catechism there after Duval School. Right. So I, I'm I'm just kind of glad I, I grew up in simpler times, and because uh, yeah, again, for a young person to to handle all of that right away in elementary school and stuff, and you know, realize there's diversity, and yeah. realize that you know that you can't you know uh, practice what your parents might have believed in right. uh, openly uh it, it was just easier you know for me to get by and i'm, I'm glad i but maybe not easier for other people who well, weren't, cri- who I'm weren't not, christians I'm not, I'm not other people's rights hey. and all that stuff i'm just saying you know for me as, as an individual it was a, a much simpler time and i enjoyed singing all that stuff you know in the glee club and then uh or we'd go to an auditorium and, and, and sing it and everything and uh it's it's just too bad we uh, we have the times we have today. In a way, I, I understand intellectually the reason for it and everything, but uh, you know. Listen, I got to hold you there, okay, but I, my friend, all right. I appreciate the call. You Thank have a you. Good one if I don't uh, see you between now and Christmas, you never know. Yeah, I, or I hear you on the radio and get the call. <laughs> oh, you, you'll hear me. Okay. All right, bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Fourteen twenty WBSM New Bedford's news talk station. Doctor Travis Stork spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast tonight. Hey, welcome back. i got time to fit another call in. Good evening. Marcus, how Hey, are what's you? up, Barry? How you doing? Hey, hey. So, did, uh, last caller asked if uh, in the cafeteria... Uh, which, as saying, we had a gymnasium there. So if me and you wanted to play basketball and the uh, tables were set up for, you know, church or something, right, we'd have to tear down chairs and tables real quick to play ball, right? Yeah, I guess we would have. Just to, just to get that done, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, Marcus, I, I guess, you know, this time of year, so the only message I would I would like to throw out there is you're very astute. Uh, you know, I went to St. Francis, uh, Bishop Stang, Stonehill College. There, there are a lot of different uh, sects of, of uh, sectors of what we could study for religion. But at the end of the day, Marcus, right? My grandfather used to say, what would you feed? It's who you associate with, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, um, I mean, what do you have? You have the me, Walt, Marcus, Armin, Jack people. Right. You know what I mean? You've got to meet all that through where Joe and, and Pam sent you, you know, to school. And and what you do with it, Marcus, you know, every, everyone respects and and we could we could make it really dicey, but I think we should celebrate. You know, some of my best friends are, are, are Jews or have different religions, and 
they're, they're my best friends. And yeah. um, I think we should all celebrate each other. And, you know, we have our differences. But at the end of the day, you, you have what you have because of where you went to school and the friends you associated with. And they're great, great people, Marcus. And I, I love and respect how, how you um, you value the different uh, the different philosophies and, and the right to practice different religions, Marcus. But at the end of the day, we're all the same people. Barry, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. you got to take this break. Wait up! Wait up!